Money Movers, welcome back to the Bottom Line Podcast, where if we ain't talking dollars, then it ain't making sense. I am your host, Jaden Hollywood, financial life coach and certified credit repair specialist here in Atlanta, Georgia. You can stay connected with me on all social media at The Great Jaden. You can also follow the show at The Bottom Line Pod. Here on The Bottom Line Podcast, we have three segments, music, movies, and you guessed it, money. This week in music, we're going to be talking city girls. For movies, we're going to be talking focus. And for money, we're going to be talking about the signs that you are in a financially abusive relationship. So buckle up because we're going on a ride to drop off some gems. Music segment of our show is being brought to you by Title. Did you know that Title actually pays its artists almost twice as much as other streaming services? So while the artist is bringing more to their bottom line, you as the customer are not sacrificing your bottom line. If you're still on the fence but you want to try it out, hit the link in our bio and you can get a free 60-day trial with Title today. That song that you just heard was by the City Girls, who released their first mixtape, period, in May 2018. They received wider audiences and more people started to pay attention to them once they were featured on Drake's lyric, In My Feelings, which reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 that summer. JT, who was one of the members of the duo, had pled guilty to credit card fraud that January, unfortunately, and she had to turn herself in for a two-year prison sentence in June. Consequently, her bandmate, Young Miami, recorded much of Period and Girl Code during the same studio sessions. Girl Code is the debut studio album by the group City Girls and was released November 16th, 2018 by Quality Control Music, Motown, and Capitol Records. It was released six months after their first mixtape, Period, was released in May. And... It was released, of course, during the time that JT was incarcerated. So the album wasn't getting too much play. Nobody was really paying attention to it, truth be told, until the song Twerk, which features Cardi B, came out. And that song was actually their first entry on the Billboard Hot 100, debuting at number two and then peaked at number 29. So today I'm going to be giving a brief review on this album, Girl Code. The bottom line here is that the album was rushed and it shows. I think that QC was rushing to hurry up and get an album since he had already signed the girls. He probably didn't think that she was actually going to go to jail once he um, signed the city girls but unfortunately 
her fate was pretty much sealed. I mean, when you do fraud and you steal people's credit card information and you steal people's identity to buy Birkin bags and frivolous things that bring you no value and don't bring generational wealth to your family. That's what happens. Unfortunately, you go to jail in the year 2019. It's pretty hard to get away with fraud um, since everything is pretty much electronic. All of our keystrokes are being monitored and all of that jazz. But nonetheless, I think that this is a great album if you are about to get up and go to the club, if you're home drinking with your friends and you know you want to, you know, live get the get the get the party going, you know, it's great for the club. It's great for going over to that friend's house that's a little depressed and you know, getting them in a better mood. It's a very short album. I think the whole thing is under 35 minutes all but two of the songs were shorter than three minutes and most of the album was written by other people the most surprising writer on the album in my opinion was miles mccullum who's also known as little yachty who wrote act up and truth be told if it wasn't for twerk and it wasn't for the fluid out movement i don't believe that the album would have charted i think that to me, it sounds a little bit more like a mixtape. Truth be told, I feel like their mixtape period was more quality than their actual studio album. But when you're on an independent label and funding is limited, timing is limited, and the rap, the real rapper of the group is about to go to jail, there's only but so much you can do. It's quite evident that... Young Miami isn't a good public speaker. So I think that is why she's not doing as much press as they were doing when the duo was both here. Because when they released Period, it was very evident. They were on every radio station. They were always traveling to different cities. They were always on social media. And now Young Miami is pretty much ruining the legacy that the group has started to create with her lackluster live performances and with her very terrible public speaking antics. But just to wrap it up, I'll give it 2.5 stars out of five. Hopefully once JT gets out of jail, they can give it another run and give us a better album. I'm looking forward to it. You're the best inside man there's ever been. Maybe he could teach me in your room. That is so bad. Is it? Does it feel sexy on your face? A little. It does. Okay, let's go. There's a science to getting people to trust you. It's all about emotion, connection. You got to get inside the Vic's head. I will bet you $1 how many guys are going to look at her ass as she walks up the aisle. Can I get in on this? Yeah! I'm the closest! I want my money back. Make another bet. How much? $1,000. Wow. Okay, $5,000. No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, too much. Sorry, friend. That's what happens when you play with the big boys. Oh. 1.1 million. You look crazy. I like it. You get their focus. You take whatever you want. I am going to kill you. Kill me later. You did great. Job is over. Wait, what's going on? Great. 
answer me! There's no room for heart in this game. He'll get you killed. This week in movies, we're talking about Focus, which was released in 2015 and is about a seasoned con man named Nikki, who is played by Will Smith. He goes to an upscale restaurant where he meets an inexperienced con named Jess, who seduces him and then pretends that they've been caught by her jealous husband. When the deception fails, Nikki advises them to never lose focus when faced with unexpected situations. Nikki follows Jess and convinces her to have a drink with him. Over drinks, they talk about their life, and Nikki tells Jess about how his father killed his grandfather in a standoff. And it was explaining the tactic was called Toledo Panic Button, which means you shoot your partner to show that you're loyal. Jess then later follows Nikki to New Orleans, where most of the movie takes place, and is successful in persuading Nikki to take her under his wing and pretty much show her how to be a professional con, a professional scammer, unlike JT. She pickpockets a few people, you know, just to show her skills and as a small test and Nikki does take her up under his wing and they end up you know getting in a relationship doing what grown folks do and that messes up the business a little bit you know in this criminal game you can't have feelings honestly Throughout the movie, you see Nikki battle with Jess as far as their desire to be together. And he ultimately leaves her at one part of the movie. They go on a con and he leaves her with a big bag of money and she's heartbroken. Now, the takeaway that I got from the movie is don't never let love stop you from getting your bag i don't know if that was the message that they were trying to send but that's the message that i got from it and that's a message that i live by i think that your 20s is all about getting your bag paying off your debts learning what your passions are learning what career you really want to be in dabbling in a little bit of this dabbling in a little bit of that starting your business you know, having multiple streams of income so that in your 30s, hopefully you could be debt free and truly and honestly living your best life. The bottom line here is that Focus grossed $53.9 million in the United States and $105.2 million in other territories. So in total... Revenue was $159.1 million. And the production budget was only $50.1 million. Even on the first day, the movie brought in a revenue of $6.4 million. And the opening weekend, it actually got first place. And it was only playing in 3,223 theaters, by the way. Rotten Tomato gives it a 56% and 
And many of the critics say that it has too many twists and turns. Now, if you ask me, that sounds like somebody's a little uneducated and they couldn't keep up. In my opinion, I think the movie was excellent. I have never in my life seen a movie starring Will Smith that was bad. So I give the movie a 10 out of 10. I believe the movie is actually on Netflix. So if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. And if you have seen it, let me know what you think about the movie Focus. All right. So now that we've had some fun, it's time to get serious. And it's time to talk about financial abuse. Financial abuse can be defined as bearing a partner from accessing money, forcing them to accumulate debt, or keeping a significant other from getting a job where they can elevate themselves financially. This oftentimes brings long-lasting harm and long-lasting trauma to the spouses and partners. 94% of women that were victims of domestic abuse were also victims of financial abuse and they call it inmate partner violence. Now, some of the signs that I've researched and some of the signs that I've seen myself um, in other people's relationships, number one is that your significant other frequently checks your bank account, but doesn't give you access to theirs. In my unapologetic opinion, I just feel like if you're going to be in a marriage, I know a lot of people believe separate bank accounts, but if this person is going to be your life partner and you really do plan to be together forever, I really don't see why both partners would not have access to the other's bank account. Because if you don't want your partner to have access to your bank account and see what you're spending and see the money coming in, then there's a lack of trust. And if there's a lack of trust, then you shouldn't be married, baby. And that's just the honest to God truth. Now, I understand that maybe early in the relationship, you recognize that your partner does have some spending habits that you don't agree with. But I don't think that should stop both partners from having access to each other's bank account. I think that you should be able to sit down with your life partner and really have set goals, set saving goals, set spending goals, set income goals and work towards it. I mean, that's what a partnership is all about. Two people working together for a common goal. Another sign that you're in a financially abusive relationship is that you're scared to ask for money to spend. Now, if you feel like you can't go to your partner for $20, (laughs) you can't go to your partner and say, hey, I just paid the mortgage. I just paid the car note. Can you send me $100 so that I have some spending money for the week, food, etc.? If you feel nervous, if you feel like if you ask, you're going to get hit, then baby, you are in a financially abusive relationship. You shouldn't be scared to ask your mon- your partner for money. You shouldn't fear your partner. That doesn't make sense. 
Another thing that doesn't make sense is the next sign. And that's your partner opens a credit card in your name without telling you. Now, I have met people whose parents, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't, don't ask me how this happens, but their parents have literally opened up lines of credit, opened up um, accounts with Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, and have destroyed their credit. Can you imagine being 21, being 18, applying for a credit card and realizing that you have a credit score of 400 because you have derogatory marks on your credit for accounts that you never even opened? How can you open up an account with Comcast and get cable at four when you have no income? That right there is an issue. And if you're encountering that problem, then you need to come to me because we need to get that off your credit score, your credit reports, because we don't need, especially any account that does not belong to you on your credit report, hindering you reaching your financial goals. Another sign is that your partner often reminds you of their financial dominance. If your partner always says, without me, you ain't got shit. I'm the one that I pay all the bills in this house. Yep, that's not that's not healthy. That's not healthy. I remember being a teenager and whenever my dad would get mad, he would threaten to cut my phone off. Even though I paid the bill, the phone was in his name and a few times he did cut my phone off. So you know what the fuck I did? <laughs> I literally got a good job at the bank. And I got my own phone and I canceled the phone line. And this is back in the day where you had two year agreements. So he was surprised to realize that he had a bill for $350 for an early termination fee. Yeah. And I changed my number so he didn't know how to get in contact with me. So what people have to realize is... Just because your partner does pay all the bills in the house, that does not mean that they have control over you. That does not mean that they can tell you where and when to go. That does not mean that they could tell you what to wear because that person is supposed to be your partner. They're supposed to love you. They're supposed to support you. They, they're supposed to pay the bills because they want to pay all the bills. Now, personally, I always recommend people have their own source of income just in case something crazy goes down and to avoid situations like this, because not everybody that makes good money has the mental capacity to understand that just because I make good money doesn't mean that I control you, doesn't mean that I own you. That sounds to me like slavery. And that was abolished long time ago. The next sign is that your partner prevents you from working or takes income that you've earned. Now, I have met married women whose husband don't say, baby, I don't want you. You shouldn't have to work. They say you're not allowed to get a job. 
What type of bullshit is now? What type of man tells his wife she's not allowed to get a job? Why would you not want two sources of income? Oh, I know because you want to control this person. Because you have a thought in the back of your head that if this person gets anywhere close to financial stability and financial independence, they will realize you ain't shit and they will walk right out that motherfucking dough. And that's honestly what it really comes down to. It comes down to control. You shouldn't let a relationship stop you from getting your bag. I said that earlier. Don't let anybody stop you from chasing your passions. If you, if your passion is to be an entrepreneur in whatever field, then I'm not saying that you have to work, but maybe you might want to take some time off work and educate yourself, but you should always be working towards that. Now, granted, some people's life goal is to be nothing more than a parent. And if that is your life goal, then by all means, do that. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the people that feel like this relationship is hindering what I want to do with my life. I have career goals that I've been working towards. I went to college for five years. I've did done internships, a lot of sleepless nights so that I can get in this certain field. And you're going to let somebody tell you that you have to stop that just to be with them. It's over a billion people in this world. Believe me, somebody that you're compatible with will accept you and will support your dreams and your financial goals. So if you or anybody you know is a victim of abuse and relationship, you can call the National Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. This has been another episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. Episodes are released on the 1st and the 15th of every month. Make sure you follow us on all social media, that being Instagram and Twitter, at the Bottom Line Pod. Also, we're doing a giveaway and... In order to get the prize, all you have to do is give us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your preferred platform is, and then screenshot that and post it on either Instagram or Twitter, and then tag the bottom line pod. The winner will be selected and announced on June 15th. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends, family, anybody. And we appreciate you for listening. Until next time.